Christine, and you are listening to Side Grace, a place and a space that was created for all things mental health, all discussions and conversations surrounded around mental health. We also approach mental health with a side of grace, aka why I called it Side Grace. I share intimate stories about the things that I'm going through in my growth journey throughout this year and years prior in hopes that it increases insight for you on your own mental health. So thank you for joining me today here in this safe space and I hope you approach everything with a side of grace. We are going to start the podcast right now. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for coming and clicking on my podcast today to listen to my episode. Today, we are talking about soft life and the soft life now. It's a new term. It's a new terminology that I've been seeing so many different places. And I was like, man, like, what is the soft life? And I really want to dive into that discussion this week because I think it's something that we should talk about. And may you identify it as the soft life or maybe something different, but let's actually dig a little bit deeper into the soft life and what it is. So just like I said, what is soft life? Well, again, I'm 24 and honestly, I'm getting to the point now where I'm just like, I don't know. I I understand terminology still, but I was seeing this all over TikTok and I'm like, I just want to be living in my soft life. I want to be living in my soft life era. And I'm seeing a lot of women, you know, engaging in a soft life routine and committing to things that really make them feel whole. And so I was watching a lot of them. I was seeing a lot of it. and I was like, hmm, this is really interesting So from what I've gathered in my own understanding, and you might have a different definition of what the soft life is, and I think it's going to be different per every person. So for me, looking at the soft life, I got to the conclusion that we are no longer as women, super like hyper independent, right? Like there tends to be this belief that we need to be hyper independent that we need to step into a masculine energy. We need to, you know, we have to have it all figured out. We really got to take it on the chin, suck it up, especially as women, because we're so sensitive, apparently. And so soft life is the complete opposite of that. It's fully leaning into the femininity of being a woman. It is leaning into allowing ourselves not to be hyper independent, allowing help to come in. May that be, again, this doesn't mean that, you know, the man or the man that you're dating or the men that you're looking for or whatever the case may be is paying for all your bills and so on and so forth. That's not what I technically got from that. It's more so allowing help in, allowing assistance, right? May that be therapy, May that be going halves with your partner or allowing your partner to help your parents, your social system, right? So that soft life is finally allowing yourself to almost defrost and allow yourself to feel emotionally, to have help, to lean into that femininity side, right? And so 
That's the definition that I got from soft life. And I was like, wow, this is really interesting because I saw so many different mixed videos and information about the soft life. And I think it was really cool seeing how there was one side that there was a bunch of women who were just like, you know, I would love to lean into this. I would love to live a soft life, but I literally can't. Like I'm conditioned to be in the masculine energy i'm conditioned to be you know hyper independent i'm conditioned to be like fighting for myself i've gone through so much in life that i have to be this hard exterior for me to survive and then there's another half of individuals who you know they might have experienced something similar but they are no longer allowing themselves to stick into that space and they're allowing themselves to soften they're allowing themselves to feel their emotions to really lean into that femininity to lean into getting help leaning into you know dropping that hyper independence and accepting learning how to accept they're also realizing that you know i'm work and being this boss like woman is no longer the ideal in the soft life world so being this like girl boss remember that term i remember that when it came out it's like yeah be a girl boss girl boss this girl boss that and it really generated you know motivation but also i can see how it generated a lot of toxicity along with that and so women are no longer saying we don't want to we don't want to subscribe to that lifestyle anymore like i want to just I want to live. I want to experience life. I want to experience living in the fullest way possible. So that's the definition of soft life coming from Aaliyah Greystein. But now your definition might be completely different. So I already talked about like, what is the definition and what do I think about when I hear soft life? Now I want to talk about, okay, well, where did it come from? And That's where I was kind of coming from. Like, obviously I found it on TikTok first and a lot of TikTokers, a lot of female women were female women. What did I just say? But a lot of women were really subscribing and saying they were subscribing to the soft life. And I honestly think that the soft life lifestyle has generated in the past two years because women in the past how long has to continuously be girl bossing it we have to be you know the mom we have to be the sister the the caretaker the boss woman there's so many roles that as a woman that you have to juggle and Oftentimes, society has not created a space for women to really lean into the vulnerability. Same can be said about men, right? So for women, it's we have so many different roles that we typically are automatically given, right? Automatically subscribed to that we didn't subscribe for. But we're given those roles. We're expected those things from ourselves as a woman because we have a vagina, And so soft life, I really think came about in the past two years, but it especially has curated more in this past couple months. I've seen it and it's really taken a huge like uproar, like everyone is really participating in this. And I thought it was really interesting to see how many women have resonated 
and wanting to lean into this new concept of allowing myself to be softer with everything that I do. And especially in the past two years, the pandemic has really, I think, just uplifted so many things that we thought we once knew and it has put a spin on it. And now we are thinking so differently, so, so differently than we did two years ago. So now women, and especially me as a black woman, I'm leaning into the soft life. I had to be hyper independent for so long, so much of my life, and I'm leaning into that because that's what I want to subscribe to. I want to be so I want to be in that soft life. I want to be a part of that. Let me join, please. And that brings me to a great point though. How do I feel about it? Well, I kind of like it. I'm not going to lie. I really do like it. And why do I like it? Well, last year, there's a couple things I want to bring up, but last year there's two episodes that I had spoken about, right? One of the episodes being healing girl summer, right? Remember the term hot girl summer and everyone's like, oh, it's hot girl summertime. I'm on that time. That's the type of time I'm on, hot girl summer. And remember I took a spin on it and I said, hey, let's do healing girl summer, right? For me, it's not a hot girl summer. It was a healing girl summer this year. This year is definitely, I don't even say it's a hot girl summer for me, but I'm definitely more adventurous now. So last year was a healing girl summer. And I spoke about how I really wanted to tend to me, myself as an individual and really heal and spend time healing. And I had a great opportunity to do so because I finally got my apartment. And so I wanted to heal from within that summer. So I think it's mirroring that same healing girl summer, but instead it's a soft life and it's something that you do all year round. And then the second thing I want to bring up, the second episode was when I was talking about masculinity versus femininity episode. That was a while back. But I remember I spoke about how I really often lean into masculinity. And, you know, I never got and understood the femininity side of it. I never understood, you know, why, like, why would I want to be feminine, right? Masculine has gotten me so far in everything that I've done. And truly... Obviously, each episode that I make, I'm going to learn and I'm going to change. And after remembering that episode, I was like, yeah, I don't feel that way anymore. I truly don't. And here's why. I spent so much of my life in a masculine energy, living in a hyper-independence type of lifestyle. My entire life. From the moment that I remember... The earliest memory I can remember is honestly when I was like 11 and I got my period. That's when I remember specifically my period was such a monumentous change of event for me at 11. And I just remember everything after. I remember like the struggles between me and my mom. I remember feeling alone. I remember the hormonal stuff. I remember all of it and how pivotal all of that time was after when I turned 11 and got my period. And so... My whole life, from what I can remember from the age of 11, I was operating in such a hyper-independent role. I was constantly in this masculine energy. 
Because again, my whole life I've been told, you're too soft. You're too soft, Aaliyah. How are you going to survive this tough world? What are you going to cry? You need to toughen up. You're too sensitive. And therefore, my whole life, I leaned into, well, I got to, I got to buck up. I got to, you know, I got to be masculine. I got to take it to the chin, let it roll off my shoulders. Even in soccer, like I did very, or I still do very typical quote unquote, and I don't think it's a masculine thing, but typically the things that I do were deemed masculine activities, right? And so in soccer, for example, growing up my whole life, I just remember like I got some serious injuries and I've only ever sat out twice, but I've gotten injuries my whole time in soccer. And I literally, my dad would come to my face. I, in as a little girl, right? He would say, you need to toughen up, toughen up and get back on the field. You don't cry. And I just remember every time my dad said that to me at such early ages, the rest of my soccer career, I can get an injury and I never cried. I literally would get back up and I would hit harder. Someone hit me, I was hit 10 times harder and that girl would go on the floor. And I just remember constantly being in that masculine energy with my mental health earlier on from my whole childhood, adolescence more so, adolescence and and teenage years, right? And even early college years, I was in this very hyper-independence. My mental health, I didn't ask for help. There were definitely times I did, you know, I was so frustrated with, you know, the life that I was living with my family. I was just like, please, like, can we do family therapy? Can we do something? And I oftentimes sought, you know, the affection and love from teachers or nurses and that affectionate love that I was deprived of, I think, with my mom, I was searching it in other female roles at school or parents. And so... But otherwise, I really kept it suppressed. I didn't ask for help. And it caused me to be more of a people pleaser. It caused me to be more of, I'm going to put my needs aside to help someone else become that tough friend. So by me subscribing and living this hyper-independence and this masculine energy, everyone else came first. I was doing a role. I was playing this role of like, I'm good. I'm great. I'm the tough friend. I'm the, you know, I'm the counselor. I'm the person you ask for advice. I'm the person who can take a punch and get right back up and punch harder. Those are things that I continuously put myself in and stayed in, right? And again, that's not my fault, right? I'm not mad at myself for that. That allowed me to survive for so many years, So there's nothing to be mad about. I accept, I've learned, and I've really acknowledged it, right? And so as I got older, past college years, um, I would say about 2020, I leaned a little bit more into that femininity. So I did start asking for help. I did start, you know, opening up a little bit more. And then... And that's, again, when I started my spirituality journey. But then once 2021 hit and all the things that were happening, the loss of my brother, the shift in my family dynamic, 
so many different things. I, there was like a duality where I was in a masculine energy, then in a feminine energy, I was tough and hyper-independent, but then I was soft and allowing help and leaning into that, you know, sensitivity, that emotions, I was leaning into that. So I was constantly kind of like going back and forth of the two, but I definitely would say that 2021 really allowed me to crack open that soft lifestyle. Right, it allowed me to realize that, and especially once I started therapy, that was the kicker. That's when I was just like, Oh, I can go to people and ask for help, I can talk to people, I can set boundaries, I can communicate now. And that's when I realized, and that's when I was constantly getting the shift in the constant battle between the masculinity and the femininity because the masculinity was just like hey hey this is what we're used to but now this newfound soft life this newfound leaning in and asking for help and all these different things started to push back on those typical hyper independent stuff that I used to do and so today just this past week I noticed I kind of looked myself in the mirror and I looked at myself and I said I don't feel the way that I used to feel before. And if you look at my pictures, um, if you look at like even the side grace Instagram or my personal account, you can see when I'm in a very masculine type of energy just by the way that I dress or by the way, the colors that I wear. And I was really reflecting on this because I was like, I wonder how my life has truly changed since leaning into more of a soft life. And The colors that I wear are different. The way I do my hair is different. The way I do my makeup is different. The way that I even edit my photos can show you a huge difference. And so recently I archived a couple pictures on my Instagram because it just didn't feel, I didn't feel that anymore. And I realized I was like, wow, like I was really in this masculine energy, this really hyper independence time. So my pictures tended to be a lot darker. My outfits tended to be darker. And then I reflected on this past year, 2022, and I was just like, oh my goodness, like this is, this feels good, right? I feel good. I'm where I want to be mentally, physically, emotionally. And you can see now it reflects on the outwardness of me. It reflects outward of who I am. And you can see that because I love wearing lighter colors now. Um, I'm not a huge color person, but I do like lighter colors. So I like softer creams, whites, tans, browns. I like that color palette. It makes me feel really feminine and pretty. And I've noticed, like I said before this past week, I've been really reflecting on just the way that I've been carrying myself, the way that I've been taking care of myself. And I'm like, oh my goodness, like I'm really leaning into this feminine side and it was weird to think about that because I haven't felt like that ever or it maybe just never came to mind but when I really sat back and I thought about it I was like wow like I've been wearing dresses and um, skirts and again that's typical femininity definition but feminine energy really is different for everyone and so for me I feel feminine I feel You know, I feel softer when I am taking care of myself, when I am taking my 
physical care, my mental, emotional when I'm doing that, but also even just allowing people to help me, right? I'm so, I'm such a more vocal person about that. I literally will ask, I'll say, hey, I need help. I'll ask my dad, I'll ask my best friend, like I am vocal about it now, where I'll say, I'm not okay. I'm not. I will cry in my car. That's not a first, but I will cry in public. I don't care because it's me. It's my emotions and I accept them as they come. And I'm okay with that. And I also think back on it and I'm like, wow, you know, I'm also allowing myself to open up more. So I'm allowing myself to speak my mind about how I feel more. I'm able to advocate for myself a little bit more. And I also am aware how much that I need to take care of myself. I need that time alone. And I unsubscribed from overworking myself. So picking up like a thousand different roles and shifts, like especially this summer, I've really tried to dial back despite my one job because I do need to pay rent. But I do allow myself that like I think about it before I take it and say yes. I said, okay, is this feasible for me to do mentally? Because I think about money or my mental health or my physical and emotional. And I think about that and I'll say, you know what? Yeah, would it nice to be to have that extra amount of money? Sure. But I know I'm going to be drained. Therefore, I'm not picking up those shifts and I'm going to stay home and take care of myself. And now that's how I literally do everything. I look at, okay, if I do this, how am I going to feel? How is it going to make me feel? And I really take that time to reflect on it because that's important. That's me leaning into my soft life and my definition of a soft life. Because I want to give myself that time. I want to give myself to enjoy life, enjoy the things around me, and to have a slow-paced day, right? To have a slow day where I'm just taking care of myself, even if that's just sitting and drinking water. That's taking care of myself. Now, you're probably thinking, okay, well, soft life sounds cool. How do I do it? Well, I think it takes a lot of reflection. You really need to reflect on how, you know, you do move maneuver throughout your days. When you notice that you're upset or you feel like there's an emotion arising, what do you do? Ask yourself that question. What do you typically do? Do you try to distract yourself by picking up more extra hours? Do you try to pick up more roles so you can distract yourself? Do you ask people for help or do you not ask people for help? And again, not everyone has that social support, so it's a lot easier said than done, right? We might not all have that person or people that we can lean into and ask for help. So then have you looked at resources to give you a place and an outlet where you can allow yourself to be soft? May that be therapy, may that be your church, may that be a 
you know, a group therapy setting? May that be a support group? Have you allowed yourself to find those resources to do so? But the first initial step is to recognize, hey, I am always doing X, Y, and Z. I'm always hyper independent. I'm always just like, I got to like tough it up, keep it going. And that becomes so draining because I remember when I did that all the time, I literally would cry for hours and feel so alone because no one in the world would get it. I felt like no one in this world can get what I am going through. When in reality, there was so many other people who got it, or if they didn't get it, they were willing to understand and then help me. But it's lonely. It's lonely when we're constantly in that hyper-independence. We, we sometimes put up walls that other people can't get through and can't break through. And then that, again, just continues this feeling of loneliness. And so you have to ask yourself, do you enjoy that feeling? Do you enjoy continuing feeling like you can only, you're the only person who can do this? You're the only person who will understand. So really recognizing your own patterns, your own pattern of behavior, right? And sometimes that's hard. But reflecting on those moments when you feel such an intense emotion and saying, because honestly, when you start to challenge yourself to help, ask for help when you are in a heightened emotion, it feels uncomfortable. It feels like you are pulling teeth to do that. But that's when you recognize that. You recognize like, goodness gracious, this is so difficult for me to do. There's something. This means that I'm operating in this hyper-independence, this masculine energy, right? And so discovering that for yourself. So being aware of and recognizing those patterns and then reflecting on it, like I said. So reflecting on how it makes you feel, how it may make other people feel. Because our own hyper-independence, our putting up walls, our shutting downs can affect other people too. May that be your partner, your mom and dad, your siblings, maybe your nephews or nieces, your kids. How does it affect other people? So even that is a great place to start because you can internally ask that or you can actually ask them, you know? You can say something like, hey, you know, those times when I get in a fight, how does it make you feel when I don't respond? Like, how does, how do, how, what do you notice about me when I'm in a fight or when I'm in a tough situation? What do I typically do? And how does that make you feel? Because sometimes we, it's hard to grow that own self-awareness, but other people can be aware of those things that we're just not aware of. So asking that, asking them is really good, a good place to start. So then once you honestly recognize, reflect, and understand, that's when you start implementing really small things. So the first, I would honestly say the first small things that I did when I started doing this was in January. And I really tended to my physical outward body. So... I had the emotional, the mental, like those things were in check because I still had those support systems, right? And so what I really did was, 
you know, check in with my physical body. So I started doing like more things that made me feel good. I started, you know, doing facials. I started like taking more care of my teeth, my body. I had a bath and shower routine. And that allowed me to kind of blossom this idea of, oh, I feel really pretty. I feel really good when I do this. Like this is, I feel really feminine when I do this, right? And so that allowed me to feel that in a sense. And then everything else seemed to follow after. So I did small things for myself. But that small thing can be something completely different for you. So that may be, you know, allowing yourself to feel your emotions. I typically am okay. I can feel my emotions. I typically can go through them and sit in them. But if you typically don't, if you typically just push it away and try to get rid of it really quickly, challenge yourself to actually sit in it. Sit in that emotion, that raw emotion, that initial emotion that comes up for you. Can you just sit in it for a second? And don't try to push it away. Don't try to suppress it, especially if someone's in the room with you. Can you allow yourself to experience it with that person if you feel safe? If the person doesn't make you feel safe, then all by all means, please, you can do it privately. But if you're around someone who makes you feel safe, can you just allow yourself to sit in that emotion? Just allow yourself to do that. So that can be even a step into moving into that soft life. Or maybe it's evaluating what makes you feel good and what makes you not feel good. May that be friendships or families, work and your work balance and your health balance. So really looking at that as well and looking at your own routine and saying, you know what? This doesn't make me feel good, right? I'm waking up, I'm going to work, I'm going to bed, I'm eating, that's it. Right? So what can we put in our routine to make us feel good? Allow us to feel that softness. But that's all for you to explore. So looking at, okay, what does that soft life de- definition mean to me? Right? What does that mean for me? Does that mean, you know, the way that I physically appear, the way that I emotionally and mentally operate, what does it mean? And if you're someone listening who, you know, you just don't feel like you really relate to soft life, or maybe you feel like you already have a soft life, you can also ask yourself, okay, maybe someone in my life deserves a moment of softness, right? And so if you know someone who typically does not like to talk, does not allow themselves to open up really, and maybe you're constantly going to them about all your problems and your needs and you know that they typically don't open up and so you kind of take a little bit of advantage of that, switch the roles. Start at least every day or every other day or once a week asking them how are they. And like really, like how are you really? And if they really act, they, if they come to you at some point and say, you know, I'm not doing well, then ask them, how can I support you? How can I support you? What can I do for you at this time to support you? Do you need help with your chores around the house? Do you need 
water? Do you need me to pick up the groceries for you? Do you need me to hold your hand or give you a hug? Do you need me to just sit in silence with you? Or do you just want me to sit here and vent and you can vent and I'll listen, right? So allowing that person who typically has a harder exterior, giving them that space to do so is crucial. And remembering that they might not always take it, but if you keep coming back and reminding them, hey, the safe space still here, one of those days they're going to bite and they're going to do it and they're going to come to you and they're going to say, you know what? I'm going to actually lean in and I'm actually going to ask you for help. So if you don't feel like I said before, like, you know, maybe you do have soft life or maybe you don't really relate to the soft life or want it. How can you provide it for someone else? Is that a little bit of softness for someone else? So my last message before I leave is soft life is going to be different for every single person. Okay, I know it probably you're thinking, okay, this is a really funny term. And honestly, it's really funny to me because I just remember being called soft like my whole childhood and being so angry about it. But now I'm taking the power back. Give me that soft title. And that's the life I want to live because I need that inner peace for myself. So, yes, soft life, fully subscribing but lean into those those moments of softness, right? Lean into that moment of being able to be soft. It feels a little bit lighter. It feels really good and warm. That's how it feels for me. And I'm hoping that other people do try it. I really am enjoying it. And I love, I've, honestly, I've just seen so much of a difference. And I'm just super, super happy. And I just feel really good about living in the soft life. So on that note, thank you all so much for listening to my podcast episode this week. Whatever platform you're listening, please leave a review or leave a rating. You can also share this with a friend who you think that this can help or a family member, as well as hit the reminder so that you're constantly reminded every week when I drop a new podcast episode. And if you're a new listener, thank you so much for joining me this week. And if you're a returner, Hello, and thank you again for listening this week again. You know, I'm really happy about that. But seriously, on that note, thank you all so much. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. And I can't wait for you to hear the next podcast episode.